Hello, my name is Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for joining me for today's broadcast of the Myers Detox podcast. Today we have Misty Williams on the show talking about sleep, how to optimize your sleep to lose weight and have radiant energy. Such a good topic because so many of us struggle with sleep. I struggle with sleep for years and it can be incredibly frustrating and it, that will prevent you from reaching all of your health goals, including detoxification, because you're detoxing primarily at night when you sleep. Your liver starts going to work at you know 11, maybe till 2 a.m. And if you're staying awake during that time, gonna throw a wrench in your detox. So we talk about all those details and more in all the ways our modern lifestyle is interfering in sleep, looking at blue light screens, our computer, TV, cell phones, we also talk about parasites, which I prefer to call cooties, and how those are really raising cortisol at night, causing you to wake up. And we talk about hormones and how low estrogen can cause night waking and hot sweats and was certainly happening to me where I was waking up uh, really, really hot and uh, got a chili pad, took care of that problem, and but it was caused from low hormones. We also talk about a lot of other different topics related to things that interfere in sleep and solutions to fix sleep. I know so many of you listening are concerned about your levels of heavy metals. That's why I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. You can take this simple two-minute quiz, and based on your answers to these lifestyle questions, we can determine your relative level of toxicity. And you'll, you'll get the results after the quiz and a totally free video series that talks about the next steps, where to start uh, testing, and all of your free asked questions that you have about metals are included in this free video series. So go check it out and watch it for free at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Misty Williams, spent years struggling to reclaim her health and vitality after surgery to remove an ovarian cyst. Life-threatening complications and an endometriosis diagnose sent her into a brain fog and fatigue tailspin. Her doctor told her that the only remedies for her issues were drugs and surgeries, that her labs were normal, and that she should Google to learn more about what was happening to her body. 35 or at 35 years old, Misty embarked on the fight of her quality of life, enduring many more challenges on her road to healing, including an unexplained 45-pound weight gain, debilitating brain fog, fatigue, hypothyroidism, and premature ovarian failure. She founded HealingRosie.com to provide high-performing women with the resources and community to successfully confront the unexpected chronic health issues that women often experience as they age. You can learn more about Misty at HealingRosie.com. Misty, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about sleep today, and you've had a rough go of it when it comes to sleep. Can you tell us about your, your sleep struggles and, you know, when you first learned about improving your sleep habits? Yeah, well, it's almost like, which one do you want to hear about? Um, in 2011, uh, a lot of my struggles began, not just my sleep struggle. I went in for a routine physical, and they found a cyst on my left ovary and told me I needed surgery. And during that surgery, they discovered also that I had endometriosis. They removed the cyst of my left ovary and stitched me up. And when they stitched me up, they pinched part of my small intestine. 
and sent me home with the sheet that said, if any of these things happen, here's the instructions and vomiting wasn't on the list. So for the next six days, of course, I couldn't do anything on the list. I had to pick something completely out of the blue and I started throwing up and went back to the doctor six days later after I couldn't get a hold of anyone, planted myself in her office. She sent me to the emergency room. They did a follow-up surgery, sent me home after that surgery, and I didn't sleep for 144 hours. Oh, God. And I don't know if you've ever experienced, like, many nights of sleeplessness like that, but it's literally torture. I um, I thought I was losing my mind. I was very emotional and weepy. I would lay in bed and just beg God for sleep. I had never experienced anything like that before and didn't understand it. I had no idea what to make of it. Um, at the time, I knew nothing really about how the body worked outside of you should exercise and eat right. So there was nothing that gave me any kind of reference point for not sleeping for six days in a row. So I think that's really what kicked everything off for me. I mean, my first question was, why did that happen? And I really didn't start getting answers for that until maybe the last 18 months, talking to some really amazing people in our space and understanding what happens when you have that kind of stress on the body for a long period of time. You just have this crazy buildup of cortisol in your system because of the stress. And that keeps your body from being able to properly make your sleep hormones and you know, everything kind of spirals. So that was my first biggie with sleep. And then I learned after I, I finally connected with a chiropractor after every conventional doctor that I spoke with told me that my labs were normal and everything was fine. Um, this chiropractor asked me about my sleep, you know, how are you sleeping? And I was like, well, he knew about that story. And he knew the symptoms I was experiencing, which was just crazy brain fog and fatigue. Those were the main two at that point. And he asked me how I felt when I woke up in the morning and I told him that I felt like I'd been hit by a Mack truck. And that's how I felt when I've, when I woke up every morning and I had been feeling that way my entire adult life, I actually thought that was normal. I thought that I was feeling that way because I was waking up and I had just been sleeping. And so my body just took a, a while to really wake up. Um, this idea that you should awaken feeling refreshed and hearing the bluebirds outside your window. <laughs> I know you just thought, oh, I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> yeah, Must be my I genetics. Totally that. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> a I lot totally of people think rationalized. that. Yep. A lot of people think that. They think that their really bad is just normal because they've dealt with that for so long. And so many right. other people are reporting the same things that they mm -hmm. have their friends or family. They're all feeling like they got hit by a mock truck too. <laughs> That's right. So we're all miserable in the morning together. <laughs> <laughs> We've bonded over our shared misery and hatred of mornings. Yeah, I've definitely been there myself. And it's very, very, very frustrating. And they always think, oh, I just, uh, take some sleeping supplements or some sleep pills. And it's not always that simple. Uh, mm -hmm. Since your harrowing experience uh, dealing with sleeplessness and, you know, this trauma that you suffered, that you brought, you had a lot of health issues following that, what have you learned about sleep since then? Well, I learned that you're supposed to wake up feeling refreshed. That was a very novel idea. Um, it probably took six months for me to create that experience for myself, which in and of itself was a little bit shocking. I remember when Andrew, the chiropractor I was working with at the time told me that, you know, you should feel, you should wake up in the morning and just kind of like be ready for the day and just feel really rested and refreshed. And of course that utopian feeling sounded amazing. Um, 
but I hadn't gone to bed before 2 a.m. since I was 18 years old and I was 35 at the time. So it took about six months for me to kind of dial everything in. Uh, I started going to bed earlier, but I wasn't waking up any earlier and I certainly wasn't feeling refreshed. Um, But I did something surprising to to create that feeling for myself. Um, And I actually didn't do it to create that feeling, but it just happened to work. I had heard a lot about cold therapy and cold thermogenesis. And so I had taken to cold baths at night, not super cold, maybe 65 degrees. It's basically, you know, the the temperature that it comes out of the tap at that time of the year. And, um, and after about two weeks of cold baths, I started waking, feeling like ready for the day. Like, oh my gosh, this is the weirdest thing I've ever, and the most beautiful Um, so certainly I learned that fixing sleep patterns, um, takes time. And I think that's one that I know the people in the healing Rosie community, um, that I manage can feel really frustrated about because you want to like find that magic bullet and that thing that's going to make sleep wonderful for you. And, um, for me, just dialing that in took time. And then there was, I've hit many roadblocks along the way, you know, for women, especially, Um, hormones have a profound impact on our sleep and our ability to fall asleep, stay asleep. And of course, if we're going through perimenopause or menopause and we're dealing with hot flashes or night sweats, um, our estrogen levels, uh, dropping that can have a serious impact on our sleep. So the hormones has been a big one for me. I've, I've hit both of those potholes at times where my my progesterone was too low or estrogen was dropping too low. I've actually had quite a few hormone issues because of um, metal toxicity. And you and I actually spoke about that recently. I had mercury fillings improperly drilled from my teeth in 2013. Didn't know they were improperly drilled. And um, within four months, I'd gained 45 pounds and started experiencing uh, night sweats at night and uh, hot flashes during the day. And just like everything was haywire in my body. I was 38 and uh, went into the doctor and they told me that my labs show that I had premature ovarian failure. And of course I'm down to one ovary, but that was like not news I was expecting at 38. So, you know, there's lots of things in our environments that can really interfere, interfere with our ability to sleep well. And the more toxic our bodies are certainly the more that's going to impair sleep, mainly because that toxicity affects hormone production and we need hormones in order to be able to sleep. So, you know, there's so many things that are connected together. Um, I also started geeking out in 2012. I heard Dave Asprey teaching about circadian biology and circadian rhythms. And, you know, he had those crazy amber glasses and he I lo- started he wearing like Bono. What the- <laughs> he looks so like Bono. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't find any Bono ones in 2012. I, I don't know where he was getting his glasses back then. The only thing I could find was a pair of safety goggles on Amazon that were amber. And so I would wear these. <laughs> I still have them. I should have brought them as a prop. I um, <laughs> I would wear these and I would have friends come over and I had one, I remember one friend going, uh, those are birth control, Misty. That's what those are. I was, I would try <laughs> to explain what I was doing, but now you can get amber glasses on Amazon for, for, you know, 20 bucks, yeah. 15 yeah. bucks. So we can all afford and look somewhat stylish with our amber glasses. But that was really awesome. Amber glasses um, actually helped me start getting tired when I was supposed to. 
that was the big thing for me. Like part of the reason that I would stay up until 2 a.m. is because I would get this second wind around 930. And, you know, a lot of times I was working, especially at that point in my life, I was an entrepreneur, still am an entrepreneur. And, you know, you, I was creating um, my business and doing a lot of studying and learning on my own. And that was a really great time for me to be able to do it. So I'm looking at blue screens and all the things we know now that you aren't supposed to do if you actually want your body to shut down and, and get ready for sleep. So the amber glasses are profoundly helpful. I just had a member of our community email me this morning and say, you know, oh my God, I'm so glad you told me to get these. It's so much easier for me to fall asleep at night. You know, I don't lay in bed nearly as long. I'm, I'm actually ready to go to sleep. So those can be a great tool for helping us dial our sleep and helping us actually get to sleep, especially if falling asleep is a big challenge. So. Yeah. People don't realize, I think, looking at their phones and computers and TVs, which we're all doing at night, it's like, it's almost like shining bright sunlight into your eyes and your body's going, oh, it's time to release cortisol. That's right. Like, Why can't I go to sleep until two? <laughs> Hello. Um, That's so right. what else about our modern lifestyle is really disruptive for sleep? Because there's a lot of things that Yeah, there really are a lot of things. You know, we're not we're not sleeping in a natural environment, you know, we're not sleeping on the ground outside, um, where we're able to, you know, ground our bodies and absorb amazing electrons from the earth and, you know, let off a lot of negative ions that we've accumulated throughout the day. So we're in very artificial environments. And a lot of times in these environments, you know, we've got rugs and mattresses that are off gassing and um, putting a lot of toxins in the air that then we're breathing in. We've got windows that have street lights right outside the windows or some kind of safety light shining outside the window. So that light is actually um, keeping us from um, sleeping deeply. Uh, I did an interview with uh, Dr. Ann Shippey and she was saying, cause you know, we all think of like room darkening. Well, I can just wear a mask, you know, over my eyes, which can be really helpful. Um, but actually there are receptors in our red blood cells that, um, that are for light. And if the red blood cells detect light, then melatonin production decreases. So it's not just, darkening the eyes. And, you know, while that can be helpful, if your skin is picking up light from your environment, then you're dumping or you're reducing melatonin. And that's why a lot of us wake up a lot during the night because our rooms aren't dark enough. And I, I actually implemented that suggestion a few months ago, and it really makes a difference in, um, in how I sleep at night. I don't wake up nearly as often throughout the night, you know, some I'm kind of a lighter sleeper. So I'll have the wake up and fall back asleep, wake up, roll over, go back to sleep. Um, but I'm sleeping much deeper, um, which is super helpful. Yeah, I, I have a comment about, you know, the room having to be completely dark, because I my fiance thinks I'm nuts. But when you know, he's on his iPhone, like last night, he's on his phone <laughs> in the bed, and I can sense that light and it wakes me up. It's not, he's not making any noise. I have my eye mask on, but that light, it, it wakes you up. Your body senses that. That's a very important point. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's actually pretty easy to get the, the room darkening shades. But there's some other things you have to think about when darkening your room. It's unbelievable the things that have a little light on them. Um, in my bathroom, which is right off the master in my house, there's the little lights that are on my curling iron and flat iron. 
Um, <laughs> there's the there's the light that's up on the smoke detector that's in my room. Um, there's across the room we have um, s- something plugged into the desk. I don't know if it's a computer or something, but there's a little, even though it's not being used, there's a little light on the end of that plug. So you have to get your black tape out and start taping up all the lights in the room and you know, if you've got a, light, a lot of light coming in under the door, you need to drop a towel there at night or something, you know, just so that you're really making your room dark. Um, but that makes a big difference. You know, having a dark room really makes a big difference. And for me, I sleep better when it's cold. Most people are going to sleep better when it's cold. And so, you know, just dropping the temperature um, in your house. If you have a big house and you're concerned about the electric bill, there's some women in our community who have actually gotten those portable air conditioners for their rooms so that they can keep their room super cold and not have to keep their house as cold. Uh, I have a chili pad on my bed and I love Ooh, it. Oh, girl. Oh, I love my chili pad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be dead without that thing. <laughs> Literally. Because I started, uh, you know, you know, I'm 47. So I, you know, was starting to wake up at night because I was really hot. And at oh. first I thought, oh, I'm just hot. Uh, but I realized it's my hormones also, my estrogens yeah. dropping. And, um, and I was starting to have hot, hot flashes in the middle of the night, which can happen when your cortisol goes up, your blood sugar goes up also. And yeah. so or when you're stressed, your cortisol goes up, your blood sugar goes up. So whatever's going on at sleep or during the day, I was getting uh, like hot flashes and the chili pad has totally stopped the waking up at night when I'm hot. And so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Chili pad is wonderful. I actually asked Todd, the owner of chili pad, when he's going to make a portable one, because it makes traveling that much harder because I'm so spoiled by being in this cozy, warm bed. I was actually just speaking to someone a few days ago about weighted blankets. And this is a, this is a new knowledge point for me. I don't have a weighted blanket per se, but I like weight on me when I sleep at night. I just feel like I sleep better. So I have a down comforter or heavy quilt. Um, but I just learned that there's science around these weighted blankets where when you're, if you're sleeping under a weighted blanket, you're going to increase melatonin production and I didn't know that for That's a lot of interesting. People, That's it interesting. is really interesting. And if a lot of people, if you're experiencing the cortisol surges um, at night, uh, maybe you've got a lot of stress in your life that you know about. Maybe there's some underlying stressors in your body that you're dealing with. And so you're dealing with those cortisol surges at night. The weighted blanket actually helps to reduce um, cortisol. Um, it gives you a feeling of comfort and, um, and yeah, it's, it's really wonderful for helping to improve sleep. So I thought that was so fascinating, um, that, that even something like a weighted blanket could increase the, increase the good hormones and decrease the ones that you don't want at night when you're sleeping. So there's a lot of things. EMFs is another one. Oh yeah. That's a huge one that people aren't factoring in. Yep. Yep. It's really important to consider the kind of EMFs that are in your room, one of the things that we do in in my house is I have a timer on my um, on my router. So around 10 p.m. every night, my Wi-Fi goes out and it'll kick on in the morning around 7 a.m. I think we have it set for because you don't need Wi-Fi at night, you know, and if you have Wi-Fi in your house, then um, then turning it off at night is going to be uh, really optimal for sleep. And then, of course, you don't want to sleep with devices next to your head and there's so many great tips out there. I love Lloyd Burrell, who um, I think has been a real pioneer in our space with education around EMFs. But, you know, he talks a lot about some of the things that you can do to optimize your 
sleeping space and really optimize your whole your whole house um, so that you're not dealing with the EMFs. So that's another one. You know, there's so many things that we don't even think about. And all these little things have a cumulative effect on our sleep. So it can be super helpful to get things dialed in and clean up the room and, you know, make the little changes so that we're sleeping better at night. Yeah. And I think EMF is going to be a growing concern that interferes in people's sleep. So it's really important to be aware of all these different factors that can interfere in your sleep because it's, you know, there's so many different things that can interfere. You've, if you're having sleep issues, you've got to go down the list and kind of check off all these boxes and seeing what's causing that. And so let's talk about, you know, something else that raises cortisol at night, which is parasite infections. Yes. And I prefer the clinical term cooties. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of us have these and, and don't realize it. And I don't like the conventional parasite tests because a lot of them only test for 10 things when there's thousands. So I don't know how how helpful those are. I think it gives people false uh, negatives when they actually do have parasite and other types of infections. I had an interesting conversation with Dr. Jay Davidson about this. And, you know, he's kind of a pioneer in this whole parasite conversation. And uh, he was interviewing me for one of his summits. And he was asking me about my story. And I was talking about the night owl symptoms and everything else and um, everything that I dealt with that I actually shared in the opener here. And he was like, well, you know, Misty, he said, that can be a sign of parasites because they're 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 awake at night. You know, they're nocturnal. They have a different clock than we do. And he didn't know anything about my history, but it does turn out that I have um, a parasite issue. And I actually just finished a round of um, parasite cleansing. Is that what we would call it? Detoxing from parasites? A deep Something cleanse. Get them out. <laughs> So I've got to wait 90 days, which is crazy. I've got to wait 90 days to test again and, you know, see if we were successful. But um, there's a there's a parasite connection on a lot of fronts, not just with our sleep, that uh, I think it's just important that we're aware of it. If we're experiencing a lot of symptoms and we're doing the right things and we're still finding that our symptoms are not going away, if some variation of flabby, foggy, and fatigue continues to plague you, then I think it's really worthwhile to go a lot deeper with gut health in general and and see if you've got a parasite issue. Another thing that's really interesting to me about the parasite conversation is that there's a lot of people that have like this recurrence where they get rid of something in the gut and it comes back and they get rid of it and it comes back. And that's um, often tied into toxicity and um, metals. And I know that's really your area of expertise and talk about it. You talk about it a lot, but certainly in our community, it comes up a lot because you know, people are having these recurring infections with yeast and, you know, parasites and SIBO and everything else. And they're getting rid of it. And within a few months, it's back again. And they do the whole protocol to get rid of it. And what they don't seem to realize and what a lot of practitioners, I think, aren't really cluing into is that these these organisms in our gut are actually feeding on something. And if you don't get rid of the thing that they're feeding on, they're just going to repopulate once you stop with you know, whatever you're, you're taking to kill them off. So um, there's, there's a lot of angles to this conversation, lots of things that are connected together. You know, I love my parasites, because they're kind of like carb control, where they're eating (laughs) all the sugar that I'm consuming. (laughs) So that it doesn't go on my bottom line. Crazy bloat.
And then what yeah. about liver health? I mean, uh, poor liver function or congestion is a, a big cause of night waking. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, you know, I think that probably all of the things we're talking about all have a liver component. You know, the liver's body really is to be a big filter. Um, and when we have overloaded toxicity on a lot of different fronts, you know, our livers really get taxed and then that impacts our body's ability to make hormones and all of the other things. So, you know, it's, there's an ecosystem in there and several different systems of the body that are playing off of each other in order to keep us healthy. And, you know, when we, when we're actually kind of, we're, most of us are not dealing with just one thing that we've got to fix. Most of us have many prongs to what's making us sick, you know, and there's some kind of, um, there's a, there's a straw that broke the camel's back. There's a trigger event that brings the onset of symptoms, but underneath that trigger event, we find that there's a lot of other layers and things that over time have really worn on the body. And, um, and certainly, gosh, our poor livers are really paying a price for all of that. And, you know, it's the, when we have poor liver function too, I mean, that affects our ability to handle viruses. I mean, there's just all these, it's crazy, all the loops that, um, that, that are, triggered when when a couple of things are are off so. yeah it's amazing like when I was dealing with my sleep issues I was it really you're just miserable you're frantic you're like waking up in the middle of the night and watching Netflix and <laughs> which is like the worst thing you could do and uh and then you get like annoyed <laughs> like oh I woke up great I'm not gonna go back to sleep for another two or three hours great and you get stressed and angry about it which releases cortisol um so and I I had to I mean at one point I was taking you know, five or six different supplements every night to go to sleep, enough, you know, tranquilizers to put a horse to sleep, <laughs> it seemed like, but and a lot of people aren't in, in that boat. So like, once you got everything dialed in, what, like, you know, have you had sleep issues since then? Well, you know, overall, I think my sleep is, gosh, in just a much, much better place than it was a few years ago. But you know, I'm, I'm a female that's dealing with one ovary and, you know, getting rid of mercury toxicity and a whole bunch of other things. So, you know, there's definitely times that I feel um, that my body isn't a hundred percent and there's these little triggers that are keeping me up at night. Like one of the, I just had a appointment with my doctor today and I told her, I was like, I don't think my, es I'm getting enough estrogen. I'm on bioidentical hormone replacement. And, you know, that, that showing up for me the last few weeks, like, extra night sweats that I'm not used to having. So I feel like sleep is one of those fronts where I'm constantly vigilant and managing, you know, my experience with sleep. I'm always looking for ways to improve my sleep. Um, and I love learning new things. You know, I love learning what else I can do to, to, to have deeper, um, sleep without waking up, like, you know, just falling asleep faster and, um, I'm using that barometer of, you know, how I feel in the morning, but I would say for the most part, I enjoy really great sleep and my quality of life is so much better. And the, the front that I really notice the most is, is emotionally like when I'm sleeping well, and even with these night sweats, I still feel like I'm sleeping pretty great. Uh, when I'm sleeping well, I am a patient person. I have more patience for the stuff that life throws at me. I don't lose it. 
you know, as often. I'm not as emotional and weepy. I don't get triggered. Like just overall, I feel like I have the emotional reserves to deal with life. And that's been a really wonderful thing to experience after so many years of just feeling like I was hanging on by a thread, you know? And that's really what I want for all of us. You know, I think sleep is just so unbelievably crucial to our healing and our body's ability to heal. I get really frustrated when there's women in our community, for example, who are having issues sleeping at night. When you look at their labs and you can clearly see they have a hormone issue, their hormones are just too low and doctors are resistant to prescribing bioidentical hormones for whatever the excuse is. And it's like, you know, they've, you're never going to help this patient heal if they're not sleeping at night. I just think all of us have to really take sleep seriously. You know, Harvard, um, the, the Harvard Medical School calls it the third pillar of good health, you know, behind diet and exercise is good sleep. And it's crucial for all of us. You know, in your case, Wendy, you know, you're helping people detoxify, which is hugely, hugely important. And you have to make a substantial commitment financially to that entire process. You're buying tests, you're buying the supplements, you know, you're making these lifestyle changes, you're, you're in a lot of ways, uh, creating a self care routine that maybe isn't normal or what you're used to. And if you're doing all of that, and you're not sleeping at night, it's going to be really hard for everything you're doing to get traction. You exactly, because you detox we, at night. And that's you, right. Your liver's working right. away at night. You have to yep. be asleep by 10 p.m. Um, mm -hmm. So the liver can go to town from 11 to that's 2 right. when it's that's doing right. its magic. Mm -hmm. So if we're not sleeping, we're spending all this time and energy and focus and money on these protocols to help us get well you know, we're going to be really disappointed with the results. But most importantly, we can't get our time back. I mean, that's the thing that really stands out to me the most. I look at years of my life that I was so focused on trying to find help and really beating my head against a wall. And I can't get those years back. And, you know, by the grace of God, I've been able to redeem all of that and grow this unbelievable community for women who've suffered like I have. You know, but there are still things about that journey that were really challenging for me. I think the biggest one for me is that window for me to have children of my own has kind of closed and passed. And during the time that I would have loved to have been creating a family, I was struggling, hanging on by a thread with my health. And so this is a super important topic. You know, I want everyone to feel really empowered around this topic and to know what you can do to really change your life and and sleep so you can heal. Yeah, I like that you brought that up because I think there's a lot of women that are, you know, achievers and they have an amazing career and they love what they do, but they grind themselves into the ground like a lot of people yep. do. I've done it too. And then, you know, they miss that that those childbearing years, those optimal years because they're they're struggling with their health, you know. Yep. And so I like that you made that point and that you've got a sleep summit coming up. Yeah, and I this is such so important that you're doing this because this is like nothing else matters unless you're sleeping. And That's so right. your event is called your best sleep ever, where you interviewed over 40 of the, the world's foremost experts on you know sleep, energy, fatigue. Can you share some of the things that you learned um, on this this summit that you put together? Yeah, well, I have been sharing some of the things that I learned yeah. all throughout this interview. It's been <laughs> It has been like, I, in some ways, I almost feel like I did this summit for me just as much as I did it for everyone else. 
because I know how important sleep is. And it's like, you know, I'm looking under rocks too. What else can I do? I didn't do the blackout curtains before this summit. And that was such a game changer. You know, I, I got a chili pad about six months ago. Um, and I was, you know, just getting started with my interviews then. So, you know, I've learned a ton about sleep. Some of the really fascinating things. Um, I really loved my interview with Dr. Michelle Sands. I love Um, her. She talked about sleep and genetics and how some people are wired to be night owls. Some people are wired to stay up later and some people are wired to go to bed, you know, a lot earlier, like 8 p.m., you know, like we all have kind of a genetic predisposition to, um, to when is the most optimal time for us to sleep. And I thought that was super interesting. And I, I wish to God that I were just wired to be that night owl because I, I did love it. I loved being a night owl, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely my, my, the quality of my life is a hundred times better, you know, getting to bed when I'm supposed to, but you know, Dr. Michelle doesn't get to bed until 11, um, 12, and that that for her genetically is optimal. And so that was a really, really interesting interview for me. I also spoke with Ari Whitten and we talked a lot about your mitochondria and energy and, you know, what does it look like to have good energy and what kind of lifestyle do you need to be creating so that your energy is being replenished? And that's another side of the coin that I think is is super important about this conversation. It's not we want to sleep not only for healing and, you know, waking up, feeling refreshed and all of those things, but most of us are just like struggling to feel good throughout the day. And we, we know that probably part of that is that we're not sleeping um, at night like we should. But another side of this is we have these lifestyles that just aren't conducive to good energy management. And I had several conversations about energy um, with the experts um, for this summit. I had a wonderful conversation. Actually, several different experts talked about hormones. And we really dove into the hormone conversation, especially for the women um, who are going to participate in this summit. But it's for the women and the men who love them. I think that it's so (laughs) helpful. I think it's so helpful for our men to understand what it's like and to really support the women in their lives with getting the support and help they need so that they're sleeping at night too. And this is a big, you know, hormones play a big part in all of this. So, so many important topics, you know, that were covered. Of course, I, I did a whole conversation on EMFs with Lloyd Burrell and um, we talked a lot about what you could do in the bedroom and Dr. Ann Shippey and I really got into um, to, to the bedroom hygiene and uh, she's the one that kind of shined a light on that whole melatonin in your skin uh, or in your red blood cell conversation that um, was really illuminating for me as well. And then, you know, we had Trudy Scott come on and talk about anxiety. Like some of the reasons people aren't sleeping at night is because of the life stress that they're dealing with. You know, they have very real issues with anxiety and depression. So we had Trudy Scott, of course, talking about amino acid therapy and what you can do. But there were several doctors that talked about that one. Dr. Roger Murphy really focuses on autoimmunity in his practice. And a lot of the men and women that He's uh, working with pretty much all of them, you know, are dealing with sleep issues, but they, a lot of them have traumatic pasts that they're really conscious of and things that are keeping them from sleep. So he has a whole protocol that he outlined in detail for us on what he does with his patients. He considers it like the first rung, pretty much more important than diet or anything else if you're dealing with autoimmunity is you have to sleep at night. And for anyone that has an autoimmune disease, 
you know, they're, they're experiencing some pretty serious disruption in their nervous system and hormones and everywhere else. And, and they're all sleeping terribly. So, um, so yeah, lots of great experts. We talked about CBD quite a bit. I love CBD. I love CBD. Yes, me too. It's my go-to if I'm, if I have that, which I, in the last year, it's probably happened three or four times, um, where you wake up in the night and you know, I'm, I'm not going back to sleep. Like you can just, there's, there's the, there's the, I'm rolling over and waking up and you fall right back to sleep and you know, who cares? But then there's that time that you're up and you know that you're up and yeah, I've had really great luck with CBD. My partner loves CBD too for, for helping, um, to get back or he'll take it just so he could fall asleep and stay asleep. But I'll usually just take it if I need it because I need to get back to sleep. But CBD is amazing. And the stuff that we're learning about CBD, all of the studies that are happening right now around the endocannabinoid system and um, and how it impacts our nervous system and, of course, how all of that is connected and affects our sleep. It's just really fascinating. Yeah, I love CBD. I've been taking that to uh, help with sleep and staying asleep and it uh, works great. I love it. Um, yeah. You have to be, be sure there's no pesticides or metals in it. That's so just, right. When you take, make sure, make sure they have testing for that. Um, so where can people learn more about your event, uh, your best sleep ever? Where can they sign up and join and register? Yeah, well, your the event is over at bestsleepsummit.com. And you can sign up there. We've got lots of uh, little freebies we're giving away, how to create your sleep sanctuary. And I've got a couple of things in the work that I'm developing right now that I should have um, up probably by next week. I'm not sure when this is airing, but we're going to have one on genetics, you know, how, how you can identify your, your own genetics around sleep and uh, what the different genotypes might mean and, you know, what your priority should be if you have a given genotype. So that's going to be really interesting. And, um, and I actually am going to have a lot of commenting um, on, on our talks too. So there'll be a lot of engagement throughout the summit as well. So people can get the support they need around these issues. And of course, the Healing Rosie community lives and breathes over in our Facebook group. Um, just search on Facebook for healing Rosie. And, um, we're having lots of conversations right now around sleep as we get ready for the summit and throughout the summit, we'll be, um, talking to our experts that week after the summit, we'll be bringing experts back. Of course, Wendy, you've, um, come on to talk to us about heavy metals and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to wrangle you into coming back during that week and asking questions. I'm sure people are going to have tons of questions about that one because, um, we've, Many of us have the metals in our mouth and, you know, have a lot of the symptom and signs that would point to metal toxicity. So, so yeah, there's, there's a few different places that people can get connected to this summit and the topic and get some help. Yeah. And I was honored uh, that when you asked me to speak on this summit, because I talk about heavy metals and their relation to sleep and some of my ideas about sleep. And it's just such an important conversation to have, because like you said, all this stuff people are doing for their health, diet, exercise, supplements, the first thing that has to happen is sleep. Uh, because yeah. you just, and you, it's odd, you need energy to be able to sleep. So you have to be able to mm-hmm. optimize energy too. So there's just it's kind of a little puzzle you have to figure out. So I'm glad that you're laying that groundwork for people so they can start checking off all those boxes. It's an invaluable resource. I highly recommend everyone go join it and learn how to sleep. So Misty, thanks for coming on the show. And everyone, thanks for joining me on the Myers Detox podcast, where every week we talk about subjects related to heavy metal toxicity and detoxification supplements, protocols, etc. you name it. And of course, you have to sleep to detox. So, so thanks for coming on, Misty. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Wendy. And everyone, thanks for tuning in every week. I will talk to you guys very, very soon.